excited about this brand new series today called You've Got This. So many times we are worried about what's going to happen in the fall. We've got to kind of get in our routine again and school's starting way early now. It's kind of crazy. But the question is, do we have this? God, I want to you know, start a new job or I'm starting a new relationship or I'm starting a new schedule. And, just, and God wants you to know today, you've got this. I've been praying, by the way, for the fall, for our church, for you for all year long, I'm believing God that this fall is going to be one of your greatest times of your life ever. I believe God wants to advance his people. How many of you guys want to receive that today? God wants you to go further. I truly believe that. Now, last night I was watching my Texans pregame for the first time. They don't got this. They don't. I'm just saying. But you know what? I believe that you can. God wants to give you a great fall. I really believe that. We're going to study a guy for the next couple of weeks. I'm excited about this guy. His name's Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a very young man. He was made king of Israel. And you'd think at his age that he would have failed, but actually he succeeded wildly. Some scholars say he was the most successful king after King Solomon. That's saying a lot. And so we're going to unpack his story a little bit today. Very, very excited about today's message. You guys ready to go? Because I'm ready to go. All right, fired up. And so look what it says in Scripture, 2 Chronicles 31. It says, Hezekiah sought his God wholeheartedly. As a result, he was very successful. I believe God wants you to be successful at what you do. A successful mom, a successful dad, successful in your career, successful in school. Whatever it is that you are starting today, I believe God brought you here today because he wants to help you succeed. He wants to show you how to do that. So we're going to follow the pattern of Hezekiah today. You know, the word Hezekiah literally means whom Jehovah has strengthened. We need God's strength to do what he has given us to do. So I'm very excited about today's message and really this, this whole series. So I'm going to jump right in. Here's the thing about Hezekiah. Check this out. Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became the king of Judah. That is very young. Let me just ask you something. Do any of you want the next president of the United States to be 25? I mean, that's a little scary, isn't it? So he's 25 years old running a nation. Do you really want a 25-year-old running Apple or Tesla or any of these other great companies? Do you want a 25-year-old running your government? I mean, that's how young he was. So you can imagine how intimidated he was. Uh, scripture tells us that his mother mentions him. Rather than that, it mentioned his mother, which means she must have been a big influence in his life. He was probably like, Mom, what do I do? And she was like, well, I've got some more years on you. I can tell you what the other kings did that didn't work. So you may want to do the opposite of that, right? And so he, I'm sure, was leaning on wisdom. But it becomes very apparent when you study Hezekiah that he had a plan. And he was working his plan. Do not expect to succeed in what God has given you to do if you do not have a plan laid out that you are working with goals and, and, and visions and timelines. And so I want to challenge you to get into your plans. Quit dreaming it. Start doing it. That's exactly what Hezekiah did. Let's jump back into scripture. Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became the king of Judah. And he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. That is a good long run. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done. Well, what did David do? He says, hey, he did a lot like David. What did David do? Let's just show you a couple examples of David here. One in particular, Psalms 25. Oh, Lord, I give my life to you. I trust in you, my God. Do not let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. So David was saying this in the face of enemies. He wasn't focused on, on his enemies. He wasn't focused on reacting to someone he didn't like. He was focused on the Lord. We could all learn a lesson from that, couldn't we? And so Hezekiah was like, I want to do like David did. I want to dedicate myself to God. And that's exactly what he did. Now it says he reigned for 29 years. What does the word reign mean? 
That means take control. It means have dominion. And so let me show you another place in Scripture because I like to show that this isn't a new idea with Hezekiah. God goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 1 to tell all of us that we are are supposed to be doing this. Not just Hezekiah. We should all be doing this. This is what he says it. Then God blessed them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the, in the sky, all the animals that scurry along the ground. And all the hunters said, amen. But it's not just for hunters. This is for all of us. God wants you to dominate. He wants you to reign. He wants you to take control of your schedule, of your time, of your focus, of your energy, of your diet, of your career. Take control. It's time to step it up, is what God is saying to all of us today. So the first thing I want you to write down, if you would, is this. Quit acting powerless and make honoring God your top priority. We have learned in the last few years to act powerless. You know why? Because we all sitting around, what does the government say we should do now, right? Because the government, everyone's, the government said, everyone stay home. It's the best thing to overcome this, this new pandemic called COVID. Then the government said, everyone should take this shot. Oh wait, take a second shot, maybe a third, and then you'll never get COVID. How'd that work out? So one of the dangers of listening to other people is that you, you become like, well, whatever you say to do, that's all I'll do. And if no one tells you to do it, You don't do it. But actually, God is speaking to you. God's giving you dreams and visions and plans. So you need to do what God tells you to do. Don't act powerless. Step up and do what the Lord is telling you to do. I want to challenge you that we are to lead the field. And so we are to dominate. We are to reign in the area that God has given us. If you're going to go to school, make a 4.0. If you're going to be in band, practice. Be ready with your part. If you're going to you know, be a cheerleader, then know the, the, the drills. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. If you're, if you're going to be in sales, you know, make sure you take the top salesperson to lunch and, and ask him, what are you doing? You know, tell me, how did you get there? Because I want to emulate that. Hezekiah was smart. Let me emulate the number one king. And that's what made him the third best king in all of Israel. Think about that for a second. And so anyone who's succeeding wildly followed someone else's path. And so look around and see who's doing well. Quit acting powerless because you're not. Then look at the, the next thing he did. This is actually the first thing he did. Check it out. In the very first month of the first year of his reign, Hezekiah reopened the doors of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. Now, what does that mean? There's a twofold side. On the one side of the ledger, if you're already in church, then we are to open the doors to lost people to come back in to hear about God. We are to become a witness again as a church. If, you are, if it's been a long time since you've been to church, you are to come back to church. So either way, God wants his church, number two, to become a priority. Prioritize God's house again. Is it any wonder that as soon as the governments all, not just our, I'm not trying to say our government's all horrible, I don't mean that, but all across the world, all the governments decided that it was right, the right thing to do to shut down all church. And so is it any surprise that right after that, all the bad stats shot up? Divorce, abuse, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, sex crimes, suicide, depression, all of the bad stats shot through the roof. Why? Because we forgot to put God as the priority. And guess what? When you do that, nations fall. Nations falter. We've got to put God as a priority again in our lives. Not just nations, families fall, people fall, individuals fall. And so we've got to make sure that we make God the priority and make sure that you are here on a regular basis. You know, I just want to challenge you to make this your priority. I'm super excited about this series. I'm so excited. I'm I'm speaking too fast. I got to slow down. I'm so fired up about 
what I have to tell you, not only this week, but next week, you do not want to miss. I'm more excited. I saved the best part of this message for next week. And so don't miss next week's message. It will change your life. Hezekiah did something that no other king did. And is it any wonder why he had the greatest results? And so he, and I, man, it's been in the scriptures this whole time. And I never caught it before. I'm going to share it with you next week. Don't miss it because if you will do the same thing, it will propel your life forward. You tell me where you're hurting. And if you apply this principle next week, it will drastically propel you forward in that area. So don't miss next week's message. Got to be here for that. So prioritize God's house again. And then also, this is really important. You got to decide to be different. You got to decide to be different. And so let me show you what was normal for them. He said this in scripture. He said in 2 Chronicles, he said, our ancestors were unfaithful and they did what was evil in the sight of the Lord our God. Now then he began to describe what unfaithful looks like. So this describes what an unfaithful Christian is. It says they abandoned the Lord and his dwelling place. That means God's house. They turned their backs on him. They also shut the doors of the temple, the, the, the entry room, and they snuffed out the lamps. They stopped burning incense and presenting burnt offerings at the sanctuary of the God of Israel. So uh, burning incense is prayer um, because they would light a candle every time they prayed. That's what that actually means. And burnt offerings means that they would give gifts to God. That is why the Lord's anger has fallen upon them. And so what does an unfaithful Christian look like? Well, here's described very succinctly by Hezekiah. So let me just explain that real quick. Here, here's the first thing. They quit going to church. They just quit making that a priority. Um, the second thing is they quit reaching out to lost people. Uh, they, they, you may be a Christian, but you just start making it all about you. You forget that we're put on this earth to, to bring other people to Christ. We forget that's, that's one thing we're all supposed to be doing. There was a sign one time in front of a church, uh, it had the name of the church in blue that said, Jesus only. And the wind uh, came in real strong during a storm and knocked over part of the sign and knocked over the first few letters. And now it just said the name of the church and said, us only. And that's so many churches today, isn't it? It's just for us. You don't, you're not supposed to be here. You're not godly enough or holy enough, or you're not, you know, you're, you're one of those people. And so it's just going to be us. And that's exactly the opposite of what God wants his church to be. God wants his church to be open to every single person coming in. I don't care what choices you're making, what, what lifestyle you're involved in, what color you are, whether you have education, don't have education, what you've done, what you haven't done. It doesn't matter. God loves everyone and wants to reach everyone. It doesn't mean that everything is okay. It doesn't mean that sin's okay. I'm not saying that at all. But God puts an open door and says, come. Anyone who will come, you can receive Christ. Anyone. No matter what you've done, just come. That's what he says. And so God calls us to be that kind of a church. Here's the other thing that, that someone who uh, is not, no longer being faithful to God, they let their fire go out. It says that they snuffed out the lamps. You know, to put a fire out takes a little work. You ever been camping before? I mean, you light up a fire, you know, and you think, okay, well, it's time to put the fire out, right? Some people say, oh, I'll just let it go out slowly. Do you know that'll take several days, if even ever? And so if you're like me, you, you go get water, you're pouring water on it, still not going out. I'm like, man, this is hard. And then you're stomping it out and you're dumping dirt on it. You're doing everything you can to get the fire to go out. The point is this, some people telling me, oh, I know what's happening in my walk with God. The fire just went out. No, it didn't just go out. You made several decisions to put the fire out. You didn't just go out. You chose to do some things that don't honor God and that put your fire out. So you gotta get your fire back if you're gonna be a faithful Christian. Now check this out. Let me show you another scripture. I'm preaching, Barry, and you're shouting, guys. Come on. All right. Guess what else? 
we become prayerless. We could calling out to God. No wonder we are, are living so hopeless and, and so distraught and in depression because we're supposed to call out to God when we're anxious, to call out to God when we're worried about something. God says, cast all your cares upon me. We need to begin to pray again and trust God with all that we're worried or concerned about. And it says also that they quit being generous towards God's house. They quit giving to the work of God. There was a, a preacher one time, um, he had one of these fired up, uh, you know, kind of congregations that would, would preach back to him while he was talking. I love that kind of thing. That's what we like to do around here too. This preacher got going. He said, you know, with God's help, one day our church will go from crawling to walking. And the congregation yelled back, the church will walk. Let the church walk. And he said, one day our congregation will go from walking to running. And the whole congregation yelled back, let the church run. And he said, one day our church will go from running to flying. And he said, let the church fly. And he said, it's going to cost money for the church to fly. And the congregation said, let the church crawl, pastor. Let the church crawl. <laughs> See, we're all for God doing this work, but then we forget it takes commitment. It's going to cost you something to have a great fall. You have to be committed to the things of God, committed to his house, committed to serving and giving, committed to making a difference. You want God to bless your marriage. It's going to take a commitment. It's going to take saying, I'm sorry. It's going to take being humble. It's going to take being willing to read and learn what it means to be a good husband or wife. If you want to have a good semester, it's going to take a commitment to study, to show up at class on time with a pen in your hand, sit in the front and listen, take notes. In other words, we forget that anything great that we have in our life didn't come at a discount. Greatness does not come on sale ever. You have to pay the full price for greatness in your life. Someone needs to get excited because they're willing to pay the price. And then you'll see God do something. We have to be willing to pay the price if we want to see God do something. So what does that mean? Number three, decide today to be different. Everyone else is coasting. Don't coast. Everyone else is just kind of going with the flow. Don't do that. Everyone's watching whatever is presented before you, before your streaming service. They should decide what you watch. God should decide what you watch. You know, we got to quit going with just what the world tells us to do or tells us not to do and go with what God says. God says to believe this or believe that. God says to do this or do that. Go with what God says for you to do. There's a, a story, a true story. Wayne Myers, he's a missionary in Mexico. He's now retired, but um, he tells a story about a rich man that he knew in Mexico. And he said this man uh, went to bed one night and he had a dream and it was very vivid. Jesus walked up to him and he looked around. He said, look around you. And there was a multitude of people. He says, thousands upon thousands. Like as far as I could see were people. He said, this is what heaven looks like. And he said, my question for you is, do you recognize anyone? Is there anyone here you recognize that you have brought to heaven by the way you live? And he, he, the rest of his dream, he was desperately looking through all the people who couldn't find a single person he recognized. When he woke up, he got on his face, convicted by God and said, Lord, I'm sorry, I have not been a soul winner. I have not been a witness. And he began to give to the church and bring people to the church and serve and, and, and began to vocally speak about how much he loves God and became a witness. Guys, we are not supposed to shut up and live scared. We're supposed to be a bold witness to tell people what's changed our lives. Because this world is looking for hope in all the wrong places, but we have the answer. If we don't speak up, who will? We have to share our faith and bring people into God's house so they can experience what God has for them. Maybe God speaks to you today about bringing someone next week to church. I'm talking about how fired up I am about the message. Don't miss that next week and bring someone with you. Let's be a true witness. By the way, next week, I'm excited about this too. Not only are we going to have a great message, but also we're going to have a back to school blessing. 
We're going to bless all the students, the teachers, and administrators of all of our different local schools. And so I want to encourage you to bring them with you. If you know someone in a local school, maybe you're a parent, you want to invite your, your, your kid's teacher, you may need to have them come anyways because they need to get ready because they're going to have your student. So anyways, <laughs> invite your kids to bring their friends, teachers, administrators, because we need God back in our schools. Would you agree? We need God to do something special in our schools. We really do. So invite them next week for a back to school blessing. Look what happens in scripture next. So the temple of the Lord was restored to service. See, when God restores his house, the church begins to serve their community again. Just a couple days ago, uh, someone who attends our church, she uh, works in our local government here and she called and she said, hey, if there's any way we could really use this. And she was kind of hemming and hawing. I finally said, hey, I stopped her and said, the answer is yes. What do you need? Like we are here to serve our community. So if the government calls, the mayor calls, we always say, yes, what do you need? You know, as long as it's moral and biblical, we'll do it. And so what do you need? And so they just said, you know, honestly, when people are nervous about going to schools, we don't really want every, anyone and anyone, anybody to get into schools. And so can we move the voting booths to some of your locations? I said, absolutely done. Like that's easy. We'd be glad to help protect schools and we'd also be glad to open our doors to the community. So yes, so we're gonna do that. Why? Because we're serving our community, not because we're getting political, because we're serving our community. It's a simple thing. So there's simple things you can do. I believe that God wants us to open our doors to our community in more ways than one. And so I just wanna encourage you to do the same thing with, your, with the spirit of God on you. Serve those around you, make a difference. So the temple of the Lord was restored to service. And people who say, oh, Church Unlimited, they don't really do much service. Are you kidding me? You clearly have never been to our West Side Mission before. I mean, it's unbelievable. They, they serve thousands of people over there every single week. And so you don't want to miss what we do there. What about what we're doing in Haiti and Guatemala, Ukraine alone this year? We've sent tens of thousands of dollars over there to make a huge, I don't even know the number. We've sent a ton of money. We, we, we've helped out with Ukrainian pastors. We've helped out with uh, children coming to Poland from Ukraine that are now orphaned because their parents are fighting in this war. And so I just wanna encourage you to know your church is on the front line of service. That's one thing we believe in. <laughs> Scripture goes on to say this. It says they restored the, 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 the temple to service and Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced because of what God had done before the, for the people and for everything had been accomplished so quickly. I love that. Some of you say, Pastor, I'm believing God for, uh, for some great changes in my life. I want to tell you something about God. God wants to do it quickly. It doesn't have to take a long time. God wants to restore your marriage quickly. God wants to turn things around quickly. God can change your, your financial or your relational status overnight. God can do some things quickly in your life. Let me show you a couple examples. First Samuel 10, the spirit of the Lord will come up powerfully upon you. You'll be changed into a different person. So God can change you quickly. Also, God can change your situation quickly. And there's a whole scripture, I don't, want, I don't want to read it, but let me just tell you about it. In Exodus, it says that the people of God, when Moses came to set them free and they were leaving Egypt, all of the, all the Egyptians gave them all of their gold, gave them all their money. So instantly they went from slavery to wealth in an instant. God can change your life overnight and he can do it quickly. Someone needs to call upon their God today and say, God change my life. God can do that for you. He really can bring that kind of change. I just want to encourage you to understand that God wants to do that. But how does this start? It starts really simply. Second Chronicles 29 says, the whole assembly bowed and worshiped while the musician played. Would you stand your feet right now across all of our churches right now? I'm not going to ask you something I'm not willing to do. 
So I'd like to lead the way today and be the first person to come and to bow before the Lord. Because here's the deal. You say, I want, I want to have this. I want God to do something great in my life. Because I want to do that. But if you don't start with me, you ain't got this. If you don't start a relationship with me, you don't got this. But you put me in first place, then you got this. So would you join me in admitting that we need God desperately? As I bow, would you bow with me? Because I believe God is calling upon his people to bow to him. Hezekiah got it right. God, I can't do it without you. I am nothing without you. Scripture says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. God, I know I need you. I want this fall to be like never before, God. So I, I throw myself before you, God. Please do what only you can do, God. In my life, in my family, in my marriage, in my children. Please, God, do what only you can do in my finances, in my faith, in my, in my health. God, do what only you can do to pay off my debt. God, I'll do my part. I'm committed, but Lord, will you bless me so I can honor you? Lord, I humble myself before you, Lord. I can't do anything without you. Without you, God, I don't got this. But with you, God, I've got this. So I call out to you now. All of our campuses, would you join as we sing? As a call out to you, because Lord, we need you. We want to start this year off, this new job off, this new relationship off, this new era off, with admitting that we need you. We sing to you now. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Admit you need forgiveness. Was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Cry out to oh, God. Come to the altar. Speak of your need. The Father's arms are open wide. Tell God what you need. Forgiveness. Let Him know. Was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Come to his oh, altar. To Admit you need him. The altar. Thank you, God. The Father's arms are open wide. Thank you. Forgiveness was born with Thank you, God. the precious blood of you, Jesus Christ. I need oh, you, God. To I need you. The altar. I come before you, God. The Father's arms are open wide. Thank you, Jesus. Forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus. Was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God. Come before God right now. Just admit that you need Him. We can't do it on our own. We tried that. Admit you need God to help you, and He will. He'll help your marriage. He'll help your finances. He'll help you with your children. Just give it to God and trust in Him. Hezekiah was only 25, yet he knew the place to start was to say, God, I'm not this good. I need you. We need you, God. If you try it on your own, you don't got this. If you trust the Lord, now you got this. Every head bowed, every eye closed, and we just take a moment to pray. If we just admit to God that we want to start this year off with Him, 
that we want to put him first place. If that's you today, lift your hand high and say, God, I know I don't got this, but with you, I do. So I call out to you now, God. I know I need you. Praise God. Praise God. God's doing something special in this place, isn't he? All of our campuses, God's doing something special. Praise God. Praise God. God wants to bless all of our campuses, but until you throw yourself before the Father, you don't got this. God is what makes it happen. So we call out to him today. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you've never given your life to Christ, you can receive him right now by praying a very simple prayer. It's not complicated. It wasn't supposed to be. You don't have to get super religious. You don't even have to join a church. You just have to commit yourself to Jesus. Pray this prayer with me. You can just say this out loud. Just say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you just gave your life to Christ, here's what I want you to do right now. No one's looking around. Would you just lift your hand high if you just gave your life to Christ? Just hold your hand high. No one's looking. Just hold your hand high. Would you do that? Thank you. There are hands going up all across our campuses. Praise God. Thank you. We see those hands. If you're online with us, you can simply check the box. You can simply check it and push where it says, my hand's raised. Or you can put in the text chat right now. Just say, my hand's raised. Just let us know if you just gave your life to Christ. We want to pray for you. We thank God for you. Hold your hand high. All of our campuses right now, would you do that? Rodfield, hold your hand high. Come on, Stone Oak, if you just gave your life to Christ, hold your hand high. Padre, hold your hand high. Rockport, Fulton, hold your hand high if you just gave your life to Christ. Praise God, you're not alone. Many people have given their lives to Jesus today. Lord, we thank you, God, for what you're doing in this place. Thank you, God, through the testimony of Hezekiah, just a young man who was given a massive responsibility that he truly was not equipped for. But when he called out to you, you did what only you can do. So that's what we do. Lord, we admit we don't have this without you. But with you, we got this. With you, all things are made new. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in this place. In your name we pray. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true. Let's give these people a hand that came forward across all of our campuses right now.